Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great interview. And if you've been listening regularly, you know I have not done the introductions for the last couple episodes uh, because I have been out dealing with my cancer battle. Uh, I've done a couple solo episodes to update you on what's going on there. Um, still ongoing treatment, and I had a few weeks where I was just not really able to get off the couch. And uh, so you haven't heard me in a while, but I am back at it this week, and I'm excited to introduce you uh, our next interview, which is with my good friend, Kevin M. Yates. Uh, Kevin has been on the podcast in the past talking about his L&D detective kit, and uh, I'm now going to share the interview I did with him from the Talent Development Virtual Summit back in September, where we talked about all about measuring the impact of learning, investigating the impact of learning and development, especially in the virtual world, which we all live in. In this interview, we talk about what makes measurement a mystery, why Kevin calls himself the L&D detective, the most common mistakes that L&D professionals make regarding measurement, the shift from being transactional to strategic in L&D, uh, why L&D teams are increasingly being asked to produce proof and being held accountable in this area, and how we uh, make this shift to measuring, especially in the virtual world. This is a really valuable, impactful interview. I know a lot of people got a lot of value from this on the summit, and I was excited to share it with you on the podcast. Also excited because Kevin uh, will be speaking uh, in the talent development think tank community uh, tomorrow, actually, uh, to our group of community members. He'll be doing a Q&A, answering questions about measurement, anything that people want to know about measuring the impact of learning inside their organizations. And we have a lot of great guest speakers lined up for the month of February inside the think tank, including Kevin, 
Uh, my other friend, Kevin uh, Cruz, who's been on the podcast in the past, Jennifer Paler, who spoke on the summit and has been on the podcast in the past, uh, and uh, Nicole DaCosta, who has been on the podcast recently, will be talking about DEI. A lot of great guest speakers. Every month we have guest speakers, we have networking, uh, we have open forum sessions where we talk to each other, uh, help each other, ask questions, solve challenges. And it's just a great place to be. It's a real community for people in talent development to come together, to connect, to learn, to grow. We've had new members joining every week so far this year in 2021, and I'm looking forward to inviting more in the near future. If you work in talent development, if you're interested in talent development, this is the number one place to be. Uh, if you want more information, go to tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us. All the information is there, including the pricing and the button to sign up. If you have questions, you can reach out to me. Uh, send me an email, andy at andystorch.com. That's andy at andystorch.com. Or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to answer your questions. And uh, we'll be happy to welcome you inside the community. All right, without further ado, here is my interview with Kevin M. Yates, the L&D detective. Learning and development teams are increasingly asked for evidence that shows impact. It doesn't have to be a mystery. There are clues, facts, evidence, and data that shows the impact of learning. And today, we're going to show you how to use them. If you are interested in getting better at measuring the impact of your programs, you are in the right place. Hi, I'm Andy Storch, your Summit host, and I'm excited to introduce you to our legendary Summit speaker, Kevin Yates. Kevin is known as the L&D detective and is an expert on measuring the impact of training and development programs. Kevin has spoken on stages all over the world, including the Talent Development Think Tank back in January, where he received rave reviews for his session. Kevin's new ebook, The L&D Detective Kit for Solving Impact Mysteries, will be free and available at the end of September. Kevin, thank you for being here. Hey, Andy. Man, I'm, I'm really excited today. Hey, hey, dude, you forgot the M. It's Kevin M. Yates. Kim M. Kevin M. Yates. I have Kevin that M. Yates. down, and I didn't say it. So Kevin M. Yates. Do we, should we start over, or should we just No, go? absolutely not. We're good. We're good. All right, Let's everybody, go. Make sure you look up Kevin M. Yates. Um, <laughs> Kevin, uh, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time. We've, we've hit it off. I know you as the L&D detective. You've got a strong brand in that, and what's really interesting is that you know, as I travel and I talk to, or used to travel, and I talk to so many people in L&D, that's one of the biggest struggles that people have. So what makes measuring impact for training such a mystery? Yeah, so I think it's difficult um, because it is. So one of the things that I like to do is be transparent about that, Andy. So one of my uh, guiding principles as an L&D detective is that measuring impact for training and learning may not be easy, but it's absolutely possible. So I just like to be transparent and honest about that and say that it is hard work. Um, sometimes it does feel very ambiguous. Sometimes it feels very unsure. Sometimes it feels like you're shooting darts in, darts in the dark. Um, so it's, it's difficult because it's difficult, right? But I don't believe that that means it's impossible. It just means that it's difficult. It just means that you have to roll up your sleeves and do a little work, right? So yeah, so let's just call that out. Let's just tell the truth about that. Um, because when you are uh, prepared with the truth, you know how to deal with it. So again, you know, at the risk of being repetitive, it's, it's difficult and people struggle with it because it is difficult. And 
full transparency again, sometimes it's hard for me, right? And I'm the LMD detective. <laughs> so if I'm struggling with it sometimes, I know that people who aren't as focused on it as I am are struggling also. But the good news is that I have some thoughts, ideas, um, and beyond thoughts and ideas, I have um, examples of ways in which I have actually done it in my work. Um, and a part of that is going to be in my ebook. Oh, I like that. And you're right. There's a reason why so many people struggle with it. It is hard. Um, and so we need to look to people that have figured it out. Um, and you do refer to yourself as the L&D detective. Why do you call yourself that? Well, because if you think about what measuring the impact of learning is, um, it's collecting facts. It's collecting clues. Uh, it's collecting evidence that shows the extent to which training and learning has measurably influenced performance. Uh, measurably influence behavior, measurably influence actions, and ultimately, hopefully all of those influences result in some type of impact to the business, right? So the way I think of it is, again, you're, you're looking for facts and clues and evidence, and you're using data to determine the extent to which something changed, something happened. You're trying to solve a mystery, right? Just like Sherlock Holmes and others. I can't think of, oh, like, um, what was it? Um, Scooby-Doo, right? Because... Yeah. They were solving mysteries too, right? You remember the the, uh, the mystery van and all that? Oh, yeah. So, so they were solving mysteries too, right? <laughs> the only difference is uh, for us, for L&D, it's a, it's a measurement mystery. It's not a murder mystery. So I call it detective work because I think that's exactly what it is. You're following a trail of evidence that answers the question, what's the impact of learning? Uh, you're collecting facts that answer the question, did behavior change? Uh, you're looking for clues that showed the extent to which someone's actions have been influenced by training. So that's why I call it detective work because I believe that that's what it is. Yeah, it's so just like conducting an investigation. Right? I like it. And you know, the first, the first piece of advice right there, maybe just think of it like you're a detective or you're conducting an investigation when you go in it, and it, you know, maybe shift the mindset on it a little bit. And hopefully yeah. unlike Scooby-Doo, it's not like some <laughs> old man from down by the, you know, in the neighborhood dressed up as. They're as farly. Yeah. Oh, it's old man Farley again. Oh man. Okay. So what are some of the most common mistakes that organizations and L&D professionals make when it comes to measurement? So I think the, the biggest challenge and at the same time, the biggest opportunity is proactively planning for impact and proactively planning for measurement. So here's what happens, Andy. More often than not, we create a learning solution or we design a training program and after we have shipped it, after it has launched, after people consume it, we then ask the question, how are we going to measure that? So that is the biggest mistake, right? Where I believe there is the greatest opportunity is for us to be thinking proactively about where we expect to see impact. And that means that we have, have to have a very different kind of conversation with our business partners and our stakeholders. Because the way it works now, Andy, is training and learning kind of functions as a fulfillment center or a fast food restaurant. So here's what I mean by that. Hang with me, man. You're going to appreciate this analogy. So what usually happens, and this has happened to me dozens, maybe hundreds of times over my career, someone from uh, within the business, you know, a business partner, stakeholder will come to me and they'll say, Kevin, uh, like one virtual instructor led, two e-learnings, and a side order of WebEx, and I'd like that to go, right? So then I go off and I fulfill the order, and then I take it back and I say, here's your order, 
and then they go off and they do what they do and then I'm done, right? So that's the traditional relationship. Can I, can I supersize that and add like a little bit more? Little and, bit and sometimes they do ask for that. Sometimes yeah. they do ask for that, yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes, you know, I forget to give the straw and the napkin and then it just causes a big uproar. No, but seriously, um, that's a very transactional relationship, right? And that's a fulfillment center relationship. So where we have to be engaging and thinking differently is how we have conversations. So that's not the conversation we want to have, the one where someone comes to us and says, give me this, give me this, give me that. The conversation we want to have is, what are your business goals? Um, what is the context of this business goal? What are the performance requirements to achieve the business goal? Describe where performance is now and where it needs to be in order to achieve that business goal. What are some of the metrics that we can use in the business that will give insight into the extent to which performance is moving in the direction of helping the business achieve that goal? What are some of the business metrics we can look at? What are some of the business performance metrics we can look at? Um, uh, did, I, did I repeat that? Employee performance metrics that we can look at. And so that kind, and then there are a few other questions, but that kind of conversation, Andy, is very different from, hey, training, I want, one instructor led and a side order of e-learning. The conversation that I just described is very different and shameless plug. Um, I have figured out that there are nine, or rather nine, I said six. <laughs> there are nine essential questions that the, the, uh, the training team, the learning development organization can ask in order to get what we need to create a training and learning solution that will measurably impact people's performance, people's behavior, people's actions, and ultimately business goals. But those nine questions will also determine the extent to which training is a solution or not, right? Because sometimes, Andy, we're building stuff, and that stuff that we're building is not going to do anything. It's not going to move a needle on anything. Um, and, and so in my ebook, um, I am describing those nine questions and how getting inputs to those nine questions will ultimately lead to building solutions that measurably impact performance or those nine questions will give insight into the extent to which training may or may not be a solution at all. Yeah, so what you're talking about is making a big shift from, from being reactive to being strategic and in that reactive mode where you just take the order and create the training program that people ask for, it's a lot harder to measure the impact on that versus when you build it in the beginning, asking the right questions, getting strategic, yeah. thinking about where you're going, and we have what the objective is and how you're going to measure it ahead of time before you even create yeah. it. It's going to make it a lot easier to measure the impact in the end. It is, Andy. And um, I have a lot of empathy for the global learning and development community because we're struggling to get that right. And when I say I have empathy, uh, what I mean by that is I've been in the learning development community now for more years than I want to say, let's just say 20 plus. I know it's hard to tell, Andy, I look like I'm 17 or 18. I get that. But I've been in the industry now for more than 20 years. Um, so I come from a place where I had that mindset too. I come from a place where my mindset was, I just got to build a thing. That's what I do. That's what they hired me to do. I got to build a thing, build a thing. Um, I just had a mindset shift, oh, maybe eight or so years ago that said, Kevin, what are you building and why are you building it? And what's the result of what you're building? Um, do you have any proof or evidence of what you built changed anything at all, Kevin? Um, and like a light bulb went off and my career just totally shifted in another direction. So now I'm totally focused on measurement 
and evaluation and impact investigation and finding facts, evidence, and data. So long, long response here, Andy, but the essence of what I'm saying is that I'm not attacking anyone in the L&D industry. I'm not pointing my finger either because I get it because I was there. Um, the essence of what I'm saying is that there's an opportunity for us to change our mindset and to change the way that we operate. Um, it's, it's, it's slow and I get it. It's slow because it's a mind shift, but my role and my work um, and where I hope I am influencing the industry is to think differently and most important to act differently. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And, um, you know, you, you had to make that shift. A lot of people maybe haven't quite made that shift yet, or they've been struggling with it. What's the risk of not making this shift of not finding ways to measure impact? So here's the reality. And this is a global reality. Uh, training teams and learning development organizations across the globe are increasingly being asked to produce proof for the impact of our work, right? So we're being held accountable increasingly in ways that we've not been held accountable before, particularly now um, in this time of COVID, where there's just like a really uh, a big focus or a big spotlight on performance. Because at the end of the day, uh, performance is what really matters, right? Because business are trying, businesses are trying to survive and thrive in this pandemic environment, which means that we need people to be using optimal amounts of performance, really giving, giving it their best so that businesses and organizations can maintain. So that being the case, now we're being asked, hey, show me the money, so to speak, right? So if you are producing these virtual learning programs, if you are producing this digital learning, and you're asking the business for money to do that, and you're asking for people's time to do that, the question then is, what's the return on that investment, right? What difference is what you're doing making? So it's important that we begin to establish measurement as part of our process so that when we are asked that question, what's the impact, we have some facts and some evidence and some data to prove it. And Andy, I'm not talking about answering the question, how many people did we train? I'm not talking about answering the question, how many hours of training did people consume this month? Those are important questions from an operational perspective, but those questions don't answer what the business is looking for in terms of evidence. And, what did, evidence what did it do? Did it, did it change anything? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're at risk, man. If, if, we, um, if we continue to not be focused on measurement and evidence for impact, I think that people are going to start to uh, figure it out on their own, um, and we may be at risk of uh, becoming obsolete in terms of, of, our, of our practices and our ways. Which is really interesting because, you know, one of the reasons why I was so excited to uh, put this virtual summit together is because I really believe that learning and development, talent development, this is a pivotal moment in yeah. history because there's no, there's never been a bigger opportunity to step up and enable uh, the culture, the engagement, and the development of our people in new ways, yeah. as well as there are plenty of opportunities to, to fail and, and not be able to step up, like you're saying, if we're not able to measure. Um, how do you think things have changed under COVID? How have things changed in this virtual world, and how does virtual or remote learning impact investigations? 
This episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. We specialize in connecting organizations with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. And we're also proud to be providing tons of great content and inspiration to you and everyone out there during troubled times. You can go to advantageperformance.com to find any of our weekly webinars, insights, white papers, and blogs we've been putting out to help you survive and thrive during challenging times. That website again is advantageperformance.com. And now back to the show. That's a great question, Andy. And and I've been thinking about this and I've been wrestling with it, wrestling, wrestling. Um, I've been f- going back and forth with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like so he, here's, here's what's totally gone away. Well, if not totally gone away, I'm going to say at least, oh, 97% or so. There's no more instructor lit, right? Maybe there's 3% left. Maybe there are some businesses and organizations who are still bringing people together in a classroom. I haven't seen a lot of that. I maybe saw one or two posts on LinkedIn about um, people who were actually in a classroom and how happy they were to be back. And, you know, they were doing the mm. social distance um, spacing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and people were wearing masks. But just overall, companies are not doing any face-to-face training. So the reality is that there is a, there is a performance outcome or a learning outcome that comes from live instructor-led training that is unique. Right. So here's what I mean by that, Andy. Um, the outcomes for someone engaging in an e-learning are not necessarily going to be the same as the outcomes for someone who had an instructor-led experience. Right. The outcomes for a virtual instructor-led experience via video, like we're doing today, may not necessarily be the same as the outcomes for a, a live classroom instructor-led experience. Right. So let me take that back to your question. What does COVID mean? What does pandemic mean? Um, and how is that impacting measurement? So I just described that, you know, there were three modalities that I just used as an example that have different outcomes. Instructor-led has gone away. So now we have virtual instructor-led as the primary methodology for delivery. So the question then is what types of behavior outcomes can we expect from a virtual video program, instructor-led? What types of performance outcomes can we expect from a VILT? What types of uh, action outcomes can we expect from a VILT? And how do we measure that? So full transparency, I'm still trying to figure that out, right? Because at the end of the day, another one of the L&D guiding principles that I posted this week, by the way, is that um, performance is the North Star for impact investigation, right? So that means that performance drives everything. What you're looking for is the extent to which training and learning has impacted people's performance. So now you got people working at home, right? And it might be a little more challenging to measure performance while people are working at home. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, I don't know. I'm still working through that, right? Um, And so one of the things that I've been thinking about as it relates to how working at home has impacted measuring impact um, is if people still have the same performance expectations, while they are working at home as they did while they were in the office, 
then maybe it shouldn't be as difficult because at the end of the day, Andy, what you're looking for are business KPIs and people performance metrics that you can link back to a training or a learning experience. And again, if performance expectations have remained the same, um, then we can still be looking at those same people performance metrics and those same business performance metrics. The question though is, to what extent are we effectively creating and designing virtual instructor-led learning experiences and digital experiences that are going to impact performance? Because one of the concerns that I had, Andy, when pandemic first hit, and I think you and I talked about this, I just saw where training and learning was becoming a digital dumping ground, mm-hmm. right? I think, and I think you and I talked about that, where because pandemic hit, we had to move very quickly. We had to be very agile. We had to keep training and learning going. So we just started digitizing everything. Mm-hmm. And some of that we should not have digitized because digitalization, I didn't think I was going to say that, um, <laughs> um, is, is not always the answer depending upon the content, depending upon the intended outcome, and, 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 and depending upon the way we expect it to impact. Uh, performance. So those are all the things that are swirling around right now, Andy, for me and for the industry, just in terms of measuring impact. Um, And again, I'll just go back to what I said earlier. Um, Measuring impact is not easy, but it's possible. So I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I have colleagues and peers who are um, measurement professionals and experts, and they're trying to figure it out. We're all trying to figure it out. And there is an answer. There is absolutely an answer. So, uh, yeah, I just think that we just have to keep trying to figure it out. Yeah, we're in a new world um, and we're still figuring these out. We're still seeing the results. You know, what, what's the, just like there's gonna be a long-term impact of this yeah. in all kinds of areas, right? Learning and in, yeah. uh, engagement, productivity, uh, education, um, yeah. all that stuff. You earlier mentioned that there are a set of nine questions that you can start to ask to, to build these new programs. And I'm sure that works in the virtual world as well. Yeah. Um, we probably don't have time to go through all nine of them, but can you give me a couple of those questions? Yeah. So yeah, you know what, Andy, I am going to pull up a little slide that I got here. Your audience mm-hmm. can't see it, but all right, let's do actually it. I'm, I'm going to tell you what the nine questions are. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, these nine questions are in my book. Um, and so I go into deep detail. So what I know from uh, my experience as an L&D detective is that there are nine, I keep doing it, nine, I keep doing six, but it's not, <laughs> there are nine questions um, that are part of an impact investigation interview. Um, and it's called the, the nine C framework. So the first question is around um, what I call the core. So we want to, we want to determine what is the business goal, right? And then we want to think about the condition. So that is what is the opportunity or problem uh, that the business goal addresses. Um, and then we want to be thinking about the contributors. So the contributors are the key players, the uh, parts of the business who are going to contribute to achieving the goal. And that's important because training and learning has never helped a business achieve a goal by itself. There are other contributors. So that be, might be like marketing, that might be like you know operations or production. That's the idea. So we want to identify the contributors. Um, then we want to identify the cohort. And the cohort is the people whose performance we need to achieve the business goal. So that's the people part. And then there is capability, right? So capability describes the actual performance requirements that are needed to achieve the business goal. And then we got uh, comparison. So comparison is, you know, really just evaluating where performance is today and where it needs to be in order to achieve that business goal. 
Then we got um, causation, right? So causation is what are the things that are influencing people's performance? So that may be things like um, manager support, natural ability, uh, compensation, rewards and recognition. So those are the things that influence performance. And then we have calculation. Calculation is what are the actual measures that we're going to take a look at to determine the extent to which people are moving toward that performance North Star. And then the last thing is caution, right? So caution is what are the things that might prevent us from achieving the business goal or what are the things that might uh, inhibit people's performance? So again, it's the nine C's. It's core, condition, contributors, cohort, uh, capability, a comparison, causation, calculation, uh, and caution. So those are the nine C's. And again, I go into detail in each one of those, Andy, in my book. Wow. And they all start with C as well. That, uh, that was I intentional. Ex- I didn't expect that. That's impressive. <laughs> really impressive. Well, it resonates, right? It resonates. It's, it's the nine C's. The so. nine and C's. And trust me, oh, man, really it was, at first it was like the nine K's and then it was like the nine M's, but I couldn't get it all to work. So I finally got to the C's. So that's why it's the nine C framework for uh, impact investigations. I got it. And I wrote them all down. Core, condition, contributors, cohort, capabilities, comparison, causation, calculation, and caution. Uh, all really important stuff. Um, what, as we move into this virtual world, and I think a lot of you know, L&D professionals who are tuning into this, uh, you know, have already made that realization that we can't just digitize something and it's going to work. Yeah. Right? We've got to, yeah. we've got to look at so many other factors. Uh, any other uh, advice or tips, things that you've been seeing out there that is working really well in creating impactful virtual or digital programs and, and being able to measure the results? Yeah, I, I think it's being very intentional and specific with design and then relative to measuring outcomes I think it's what I am starting to call the difference between measuring impact and measuring fulfillment of purpose. And that's huge. So that's why I pause there for that silence. Fulfillment of purpose. Think about that, right? So the idea, Andy. Is that like my personal purpose or the purpose of the program? Well, no, no, it's actually the purpose of the solution. The purpose of the experience, right? So on the one hand, we talk about measuring impact. And, you know, again, when I talk about measuring impact, I'm talking about evaluating the extent to which training and learning has measurably influenced behavior, actions, and people's performance, and ultimately a business goal. So when I define impact, Andy, that's what I mean, okay? Some of the things that we design and create don't have intention or purpose for that. And that's okay. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I say measure fulfillment of purpose. So on the one hand, you got measuring impact. On the other hand, you got measuring fulfillment of purpose. Because again, if you have, let's say, a one hour video lunch and learn, virtual, where you wanna bring people together to talk about a skill or a capability, what's the likelihood that a one hour video based lunch and learn is going to measurably impact someone's performance. What do you think, Andy? I would put that pretty low on the impact scale. I mean, there, there is a time and place, there's a use for it. It's not like you shouldn't do it. There might be a couple people that walk away with aha thing, you know, moments yes. or big and, and go do something different, but yep. it's probably lower on the scale of things that would make a big impact. Okay, thank you for that. So, and I didn't feed that answer to you just so that the audience knows. True. Um, 
So based on what I heard you describe, what I would measure for that is awareness, mm. right? Because we wanted to create awareness, right? So that way we are measuring fulfillment of purpose. See, I'm not going to try to measure performance impact for a one hour lunch and learn, right? But if I know that that lunch and learn for one hour was designed to create awareness, then awareness is what I'm going to measure, right? And I just might do that with a one question survey because I want to measure fulfillment of purpose for that one hour. I'm not going to go through the effort of trying to determine the extent to which behavior, actions, or performance are going to change because someone spent one hour on a video uh, yeah. instructor-led program. Yeah. If I could take that to a conversation about something that you and I have talked about a lot recently, which is uh, in the DEI space, which is really hot right now. And I was just talking with uh, Larry McAllister, who's also speaking on this summit, uh, and brought this up at the end in some of the work they've been doing at NetApp is that a lot of the more progressive organizations uh, with the rise of the social justice movement, you know, since the death of, of George Floyd, have been having listening sessions with black employees, right? Having those listening sessions is not going to change the entire culture. It's not going to change the diversity or maybe even the inclusiveness, but it will and should raise awareness if Absolutely. executives are hearing from black employees on how they feel coming to work every day, it raises that awareness, and then you can move into whatever the next step is to improve DEI. Yeah, I mean, that's a great example, and not to deviate too much from the topic here, Andy, but I just want to applaud you for the work that you're doing in terms of really showing the global learning development community and the world how allyship is a verb. It means that you're doing something, and so I see the amazing work that you're doing to, uh, to be an ally to African-Americans, to black people. Um, and I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. your friendship and, and help and guidance uh, all along the way as I've been yeah. trying to become more of an ally. Yeah, awesome. Doing a bang up job, man. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, getting back to measuring, there, yes. there are diff there's a spectrum of the types of programs and then how you should go about maybe. Yeah, yeah. I like the way you put that because along the way, in this spectrum, there is determining whether or not you're going to measure impact or whether or not you're going to measure fulfillment of purpose, right? So if you think about the different modalities, let's say if you have, um, well, in the old world, you know, before we were on lockdown, let's say that you had a full day training program, instructor led in a classroom um, that was designed for leadership capability or leadership skills. I'm going to measure impact for that, Andy, because we've asked people to invest six or seven hours of their day into development. There should be an expectation that there's an influence on people's performance, behavior, and actions. If you've asked me to come offline for six to seven hours yeah. to learn about leadership. So I'm going to measure impact for that. And again, I want to contextualize it so our audience remembers I'm defining impact as the extent to which training and learning measurably impacts behavior or rather influences behavior, actions, or performance in a way that helps them achieve business goals. That's how I define impact. So that's that spectrum that you talked about. At the other end of the spectrum, let's say that you have a 30-minute e-learning on um, effective communication. Okay. Am I going to measure impact for that, Andy? Probably not. Um, but I'll just want to be clear about what the purpose of that 30 minute e-learning was. And then I'll measure that, you know, maybe it was to create confidence, right? I, I, I could get with that. And so I might just use a one question survey again, that says 
uh, or a Likert scale, you know, scale of one to five that asks them to rate their level of confidence before watching the 30 minutes and after the 30 minutes. So the essence of what we're talking about right now, Andy, is um, the appropriateness of what you measure and how you measure. Because to your point, there is a spectrum because we have a lot of different ways in which we can deliver training and learning and talent development. We got, you know, virtual instructor lib, we got e-learning, we got podcasts, we got videos. So there are different ways in which people can learn. So we just want to make sure that when we should be measuring impact, we're measuring impact. And when we should be measuring fulfillment of purpose, we're measuring fulfillment of purpose. And I'll also add that measuring fulfillment of purpose is, is a way in which we can be fair to the solution or the experience itself. See, if you got that 30 minute e-learning, it's not fair to try to measure that for the extent to which it's going to influence behavior, action, performance, and ultimately impact business goals. That's not fair. It's an unrealistic expectation, but we have to measure it for its own merit. So again, that's why I go back to measuring fulfillment of purpose. I think there's more uh, to this. We can talk more later about this, this whole spectrum idea, because I'm even thinking of the example of this right now. You and I, and we're about to wrap this up here, are wrapping up about- Oh, man. I know. We're almost out of time. I know. We're almost out of time. <laughs> um, we're wrapping up about a 30-minute conversation where people are listening and watching passively and hopefully taking some notes and thinking about things they're going to do differently. And we can maybe measure awareness. You know, that's our biggest hope is for awareness from this, right? Versus uh, when you came to my conference, the Talent Development Think Tank, back in January, you ran an hour-long experiential yeah. learning session where people were going in and out of activities. They were doing things. And yeah. I would expect more of a behavior change from that. And then if you were able to have them for say a full day or three or four of those hour long interventions where they're doing activities and then maybe homework in between, um, you would expect much more, you would more behavior change and more of an impact as well. That, that's a great way of putting it, Andy. So it's almost as if what you're saying, and I agree, the more time that you invest in talent development, the higher the expectation should be that there is a measurable change, mm. right? Um, and that makes sense because, again, you compare spending 30 minutes with something versus six hours with something versus three days with something, the expectations should be higher for, for what the outcomes are. So you're absolutely right. Well, even spending thir only 30 minutes with you can be really impactful. And if I just look back at my notes, uh, we covered a lot of ground. We talked about what makes measurement a mystery, why it's so hard, why you call yourself the L&D detective, the most common mistakes that L&D professionals make regarding measurement, the shift from being transactional to being more strategic and focused on impact. Uh, we talked about the nine essential questions that L&D uh, people can ask. Uh, L&D teams can increasingly, are increasingly being asked to produce proof and the pressure that comes from that. We talked about the shift under COVID and how L&D uh, measurement has changed in the virtual world. Um, you said something, I may have not written this quote down exactly correct, but performance is the North Star for investigating learning impact. Uh, yeah, absolutely close enough. <laughs> uh, the challenge with measuring performance in the remote world, uh, you gave the nine C's of uh, L&D uh, investigation. We talked about the importance of being specific with design. Um, talked about measuring impact versus fulfillment of purpose. Yes. Uh, and impact versus awareness, because that was really great. We talked about the example of the lunch and learn and the DEI example, and then also this session. So we covered a lot of ground. We did. Um, before we go, anything else you want to add? Or I was also going to ask you, what are you most excited about right now? Wow. I, I think I'm most excited about 
the way in which we're going to have to reshift our thinking for how we measure performance in a literal virtual world, right? Because again, it's one of those things that I'm scratching my head about, but I know there's an answer and that is what excites me. The answer is there. So we just have to shift in, in maybe in terms of how we're measuring impact and the methods while people are working at home so that we can still answer the question, what is the impact of learning? But I believe that it's absolutely possible. So I'm most excited about figuring this out um, and, and working through how we measure impact of learning while people are working at home. I love it. Uh, so much great stuff here. Um, for people that want to get in touch with you, learn more, I know you're really active on LinkedIn. I see you posting great content there on a weekly or daily basis. Um, and that ebook is coming out soon. Where it can is. go get that? So the ebook is coming out on September 30th. It's the L&D Detective Kit for Solving Impact Mysteries. Um, it's coming, like I said, coming out, what is that, Wednesday, September 30th. Um, and I'm giving away free copies, Andy, free. This is, this is kind of like how I'm giving back to the L&D community. So it's, it's free. My, my goal, my intention is to be of service to the global learning and development community. So in the, uh, in the ebook, I am sharing the methods that I use. You're going to get a full peek behind the curtain to see how I conduct impact investigations. So if you go to my website, kevinmyates.com, uh, right there on the home page, just uh, fill out the form, give me your name, your email address, and you'll get a free copy on September 30th. September 30th. I can't wait. I'm actually taking vacation that day. I wonder if I should change my whole vacation. I think you should because it's going to be a momentous day. <laughs> it's going to be a big day. I love it. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your wisdom experience. So much value in this conversation. Oh, and man. to all of you who've been tuning in, who've been watching and listening, thank you so much for being here. I hope you took a lot of notes like I did. Uh, make sure, as always, that you write down what are those one or two key takeaways, those things that you want to make sure you remember and maybe take action on, maybe have a conversation with your L&D team, with your boss, with your executive. How are you going to approach measurement for the next program that you invest in. Make sure that you do take some time to do that. We want you to make a difference, to change behaviors so that we can have an impact. All right, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Kevin M. Yates. If you are interested in getting his L&D Detective Kit, it is available for free on his website. Just go to kevinmyates.com and it's right there on the front page. That's kevinmyates.com. So go and grab that uh, so you can get all of your measurement answers, uh, questions answered. And of course, if you want to hear Kevin uh, and all of our guest speakers and join our live calls inside the Talent Development Think Tank community, come join us at go to tdtt.us for all the information. All right. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.